In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. So, guys, I was doing some research for this band, and I realized one thing that makes this band really interesting, and it probably helped their creativity was that they had a bunch of love triangles. So I was thinking we should probably start a love triangle. I got Russell. Yeah, I got Russell. I got Russell. Dibs on Russell. Nice, oh. nice. Oh, this will work out great. Yeah, I think everything's fine. Rulers make bad lovers. You better put your podcast kingdom up for sale. <laughs> oh! Rob's out. <laughs> you know, this is just a bit, but it hurt actually when we did it in real life. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get on. I feel so in demand right now. I like it. <laughs> I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. All right. Yeah, my, my wife just came in and said that she wants to be involved in a love point. Uh, all right, so <laughs> did you guys, we are talking this week, welcome to Beck Did It Better, we are talking this week about Fleetwood Mac's album, Rumors. Uh, did you guys hear about the new album they came out with, about Little Vacuums? It's called Rumors. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, so that's going to be the new alternate oh, no. uh, beginning of every, pot, of every episode might, that we do. We, we might need to fire up the fart machine if this is where we're headed. Yeah. Listen, it, this is, this is, it is fall, okay? Uh, it is autumn, and uh, let's meet the three guys who put the pumpkin my spice. Ooh. Whoa. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like how that came out. Even on paper, I don't like how it looks. Uh, let's meet. We got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, we've got Russ in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? Players only love you when they're playing, Rob. <laughs> oh, she I, don't love me. Uh, Rosie, we got Rosie out in California. She loves my doggy style. For Ooh, somehow, there we she, go. <laughs> somehow he's three hours behind us, yet he's still talking to us at the same time. I've never figured that out. Aaron, how are you doing? It's not a flat earth conspiracy. I'm good. I had squash for lunch today. That's as close as I'm getting to pumpkin spice so far. It was 80 degrees in Oakland, so no no pumpkin spice yet here. That, uh, what? It's, please, not this early, okay? Can you just give me a break? <laughs> Don't. You just had squash? Like, Was that the main part of your lunch was squash? No, I mean, well, it was kind of the main event. I had some squash. We had squash that I roasted yesterday, and then we put some feta cheese on it today. And then we had some seitan on the side. And I got some new hot sauce I'm really what excited about. What, what on the side? Six, uh, six, six. Six, six side on the side. <laughs> my dad's you know listening to this. He's going to be like, where did I go wrong? Why is my son eating seitan? But dad, I had a burger not that long ago too. Please believe. Has he called you to scold you about the microwave thing or anything recently or not? Not about the microwave, but he does He does occasionally send me a text about like, oh, I'm surprised you left uh, California Dreaming off your California list, things like that. So he's definitely listening. He's not slamming you. He's slamming the content that you're putting out. That's even <laughs> worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not that I don't love you. It's that I don't love your content. Yeah. <laughs> Son, you need to work on your timing. Uh, you know what? Squash for lunch sounds gourd to me. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> we're off to a great start. I'm really this happy. This is the perfect this podcast. It's happening. It's really happening. All right. Let's get into it. Roll Zero and go Rolling going, everybody. Rolling going. How how's it going? What are you into? Let's start out with Matt. Matt, rolling going. How are you doing? 
Uh, I'm doing well. I, I feel like I hardly ever have anything intelligent to add to this section of the podcast. So I was listening to the radio this week. Oh. You, know, you know, I love that. You know, I learned a lot, 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 of, lot of FM, a lot of 96.5. Um, God, I wish I remember their call letters, but it's like uh, kind of a alternative station here in the Twin Cities. A lot of ninety-seven-one. Um, you know, that, that's pretty much it. But you know, what, the good thing is, is the, these DJs they fill their time with useless facts all the time, and you know, mm. some of it's pretty darn good. Sounds like the second half good. of our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I wonder if they take right. it right you off know. Wikipedia too. What are you guys? What are you? Things I learned this week. Things I learned this week. Alanis Morissette has been nominated for fifteen Tony Awards. Tony's? That, that, that's yeah. for being on Broadway or what? Yeah, Jagged so, Little Pill. So Jagged Little Pill it was made no into way. a a musical. Wow! And one of the one of the things she's being uh, it's up for is uh, best musical, best scene, uh, scenic design, and a number of best performances by the actors. Uh, but uh, it just kind of thought. Uh, apparently, there's usually like thirty four. Plays, I guess you'd call them musicals. Plays, it's all the same thing. I don't know. I'm not a big Tony mind, but um, they're and like they're now, like real life movies, man. Maybe that yeah. maybe that'll help. But, now, you. but it's down to 19 this year, so of course everybody's like, "Well, Alanis Morris sets up for 15." But there's a shortened uh, bench this year, which I think is just bullshit because that album bangs, and so uh, good for Alanis Morris. Um, another thing yeah. that came up is that album on the list. Are we going to get to that one? It has to be on the yep, list, right? That's on the list. Yep, I think all it's right, in right. the. Early '60s, it wasn't. It was way down, and it moved up into the top 100 somewhere. Um, next, next thing that came up, Oasis, Wonderwall hit a hundred or hit a billion streams on Spotify. The first I did read this, yeah, first '90s song to hit a billion streams, and it kind of went to looking into seeing like, you know, I, I'm not a Spotify person. You know, kind of YouTube's kind of the big one where you know how many uh, how many spins on YouTube have things gotten so. You know, I kind of just went to look quickly, see if that has been a billion views on uh, YouTube. It hasn't, but there's been a couple of great '90s songs that have uh, made the the list. "Zombie" by the Cranberries, one of my favorites. Wait, wait, wait! What list is this? This is the billion views on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. So "Zombie," and I think because uh, I think is it Dire Wolf or Gray Wolf or some wolf redid the song. That song is awesome. We should pull that up. It's it bangs. Still not as good as the original, but I mean, but it's pretty darn good. But you'll notice it's playing in the background right now. Yeah, but it it kind of goes back to last week. Smells like Teen Spirit has over a billion views. Guns N' Roses, November Rain. Mm. I mean, probably one of the best wow. music a, yeah. videos of all time. Yep. Um, so those three have hit it. And then there's three others. Queens, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, obviously, that made it. Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mind, and AHA's Take On Me, which might be one of the best <laughs> 80s songs of all time. Is that on that's the list? That's a great song, man. That's so surprising. I don't know. I don't think I don't think, I, I don't I don't think, think AHA's. No, but that song is definitely like on the top. 500 uh, greatest songs of all time. You, so. had, you had mentioned Oasis. I saw a while back that Lars Ulrich from Metallica, the drummer from Metallica, actually called, is it Noel Gallagher? Is that the Oasis singer, the lead guy? Yeah. For, yep. He actually called him his favorite songwriter ever, and I thought that was a pretty cool compliment. But 
admittedly, I always get Oasis and the Offspring confused. You know, I'm not really a music guy. I'm kind of a, I'm kind Whoa. of an amateur hour when it comes to this. Oh, really? So, you, you confuse Oasis and Offspring, and you're saying you're an amateur? I, I don't believe it. No way. I'm not saying like I'm gonna know if if I hear Pretty Fly for a white guy, I'm gonna say, oh, that's Offspring. But and I'll, if I hear okay. one of those Oasis songs, I might know it. But in my mind, I get them confused. It's kind oh, of similar God. to the whole. Wilson Pickett, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Wilson Phillips. Wilson Phillips deal. <laughs> you know, what I what I would advise Russell is, uh, one way I remember him is I try to keep him separated. And mm. I find that that... <laughs> that, that that's that what really I generally helps. do with my online dates. That's why they happen so infrequently. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so the... the you know, that song Wonderwall, and Brandon from Minneapolis will hate me. Krista's husband, Krista from Minneapolis's husband will hate me for saying this, but the local uh, football team. I don't like that football. Matt calls her by the right name. I don't like that. Yeah, no. Football, <laughs> football in my air quotes. For some reason she hasn't you know, called in the last three weeks. Who knows Our why? local ML, MLS team has taken Wonderwall as kind of their song, and it just drives me bonkers. What? I have no idea it's why Wonderwall. I know, but like, why is it a soccer song? Why are the, the dark cloud... Why are they singing? In the, what, what, what does it have to do with soccer? Football. What does it have to do with football? I don't what, know. So what, Matt? In your mind, in your mind, what's a better? Probably something by the Clash. I don't know. I mean, something. I mean, like how it just kind of brings you down, doesn't it? I mean, well, how are you going to get pumped up for a football match by singing Wonder All? Can Wonder we hear Wall? it? Can we, can we pull it up or not? Uh, I bet like. Yeah, you're gonna get like, oh, we're gonna get pumped. Yeah, Aaron, you would, yeah, you my would, wonder <laughs> what? Aaron, you would probably do like two two trips on your little amateur dirt bike ride but you wouldn't make all yeah. five if you were listening to wonderwall <laughs> i you might listen, you listen to off, an I, offspring song you'd probably get through four or five though i yeah. would have made through all, all five segments yeah if you're russell you don't know what you're listening to you're like man russell just goes to a concert and is like yeah i guess i had a roommate in college and he was really into the offspring freshman year i remember this and yeah. he was kind of a, an a-hole about it and he would put the offspring on super loud on his mp3 player and go to class and lock the door and just let it crank so the whole floor had to listen to it and couldn't turn it off. That's a normal person thing to do. Definitely not a psychopath. (laughs) Sounds like par for the chorus for St. Olaf. I hope he's not listening, but he might have been a sociopath. This sounds like soccer to me. This is a soccer song? Yeah. Russell's confused. I don't get it. This sucks. It's a great song, but like, I don't know how they pick it for their, their song. Because I mean, we should probably do a whole episode on soccer. Who Maybe Brandon songs, from right? Minneapolis can call in and tell me why. They, it, listen, it's know. the perfect stadium song. Why? What? Because t- like everyone sings along, and you can just like full like a COVID stadium song where there's nobody there. This is listen. Brutal. I know. I know. Aaron wants that um, Gary Glitter song to come oh, back. Rob, why I would like to pull up. A, you know, we got to edit that out every time you try this shit on me and Russell. A week later, says nope, hundred percent. That's got to go. Nope. I'm going to bring up Gary Glitter later. Hey, listen, Gary Glitter. I separate the artist and the art. What do you want me to I do? Think oh, I think I have oh the greatest God. stadium song ever. Jesus I think the greatest right. stadium song ever is Chelsea Dagger. Which is what they play when the Blackhawks score a goal. Can we pull that one up quick and oh, listen that's to that? Good. Yeah. And then tell me that's not a thousand times better than this this Oasis or Offspring is song. It, is it better than Seven Nation Army though? Uh, oh, this is better. Yeah, but we should we should uh, say that you know Wonderwall is a phenomenal song. It's just not a good stadium song. I don't. I, get I, people sing along disagree. together. That's like this whole thing. I think right. It's like the whole stadium singing. But, but like it's cool when you say the Wonderwall. Wonderwall. That's it. It's the same reason why Green Bay has that dumb I don't want to work song. You can sing it. It doesn't mean anything. Hey, my team's my team's scoring or winning a game. This will jam. There's a 
It'll kick up, yeah. But I think soccer is into the like fans singing along together thing. Because what is it? Everton has "You'll Never Walk Alone," or which 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 team has that one? Like this. Like this is great after you score a goal. When we own a soccer in Chicagoites. Right. I, Matt, you couldn't be more wrong about Wonderwall not being a good stadium song. No, Matt, you were correct. I'm with Matt. If Matt and I team up, you guys are going down. That is a horrible stadium song. Oh no, that I would love to sing that song in a stadium. It's if you were in a stadium and everyone started singing it, I guarantee tears falling straight from your eyes. You'd be ready to. Do it for whatever team you're cheering for. Good thing I'm not a sports fan anymore, and I don't have to watch any of this anymore. If you if you cheer if you cheer for the teams I cheer for, they never score, so you don't get a chance to sing the song anyway. So who cares? <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but the biggest gangster move ever was the Vikings stealing Iceland's uh, skull chant. If you're in if you're in the stadium when they're doing that. It's phenomenal. It's the greatest thing ever. And they 100% just stole it from oh, yeah. the country of Iceland. But it's hilarious. It's well, great. What, what's Iceland going to well, do they, to I mean, they stole the Viking nickname, too, right? I mean, like, it doesn't mean it's maybe not even stealing. It's like, well, if, uh, I'm, if I'm the, pretty sure if, the football team had that first. Yeah. If, like, the true so. Vikings. If <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings were actually started by the Vikings. A lot of people don't know <laughs> that. Saying, if oh, actual God, Vikings are doing it, then you got to do it. I've heard of Jerry Burns. Yeah. Haven't you ever heard of Eric the Red McCombs? Yeah. Um, and that's a good joke for about three people out there. That was Jonathan good. I, I, I appreciate that. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderwall, if I could sing that song every day, I would. But I can't. All right, Russ, rolling going. How's it going? Rob, I was going to complain about the fact that we just got snow today and and talk about at what point do you need to just move away like Aaron did. But you guys brought up the term pumpkin spice latte, I believe, earlier. So I feel like I need to pivot right now. I said pump in, pump in my spice. That's <laughs> what I said technically, and I'm not happy that I have to repeat that. Well, then I will. I will pivot again. But when I heard pumpkin spice latte, I've never really heard that term before. I don't drink flavored what? coffees or whatever that even is. Yeah, but it's like it's like a thing in society, Russell. Like I, you don't have to drink it. You've never heard of that before. There's a reason I'm still single. It's probably because of reactions like this to terms that are commonly known. I, that is wild. <laughs> chicks, chicks with big fluffy scarves and, and brown boots up to their knees love pumpkin spice. So he, here's why so I bring I. it up is I remember a few years ago when I was doing the online dating thing, it wasn't going very well. And I, I reverted. I didn't have you guys to ask questions about this because yep. I can do it on a, on a podcast and it's not so bad. But if I, I just asked you like as regular friends, it would feel so terrible to me. I can't I can't have a regular conversation about about that but so i i remember googling one time like hey what is the best way like what is the, what are the words you need to put in your profile or how do you need to like make the, a good profile and i remember at one point reading this article about how rich the term pumpkin spice latte gets the most reactions or the most responses but the second most responses were the words tuscany bermuda or machu picchu so for a while, my go-to right. question and like the introductory moment of, hey, I'm going to message some woman was, where would you rather go on a dream vacation, Tuscany, Bermuda, or Machu Picchu? Because I figured if I combined all three words into one, I was Bro. guaranteed to crush it. Yep. And it failed miserably. You're like a mega you're like the Megatron of dating. You've combined everything that's good about dating <laughs> yes. into one sentence. And the women are helpless in front of you, Russell. It's almost just unfair. Being efficient. That's just the big efficiency. problem was every time they would respond and they would say, Well, I would love to have a pumpkin spice latte in Machu Picchu. And I was like, What the fuck's a pumpkin spice latte? And then I'd never hear from him again. 
Yeah. Where's Where is Machu Picchu? Do they uh, Do they play with? Do they open for the Offspring? I love their song Wonderwall. Just mistake after mistake. You know it's a good joke when I had to explain it immediately after the punchline, quote unquote punchline. Uh, yeah, I um. Fuck, I should be listening more and trying to go we off what you said, Russell. On. I don't have shit for uh, no, oh, I know what, I know what I'm going to say. Russell, I love, I love pumpkin spice coffee. I The pumpkin spiced iced coffee right now at Starbucks, oh, my God. I'm going broke. I'm ordering them so much. And is, it I love, better, is it better than a shamrock shake? No. But I can you you can't go into work with a shamrock shake in your hand and look like a normal person. You look like a psychopath. <laughs> but I can go in with a coffee all the time. That's rule number three. While I'm still single, I got. But if you go in shakes. without deodorant on and holding oh, a shamrock no. shake, then you're the oh. stinky teacher with a shamrock shake. Oh. Does that does one cancel and out the a other? chicken in a bucket? And <laughs> and I got problems <laughs> now too because I am pretty sure that I am getting more and more lactose intolerant as I get older. Oh, but I no. Am like, but I am, like, forgetting about it. Like, just, just I'll just forget. And I'll order a latte, and then I'll be at work, and I'll be like. <laughs> Rob's Rob's discussion of, no, we, no, no, no. Did you, stop, 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 You stop, said stop, you stop. deleted it. You this, said you deleted this, them. Did, you, did you delete them? This is worse than Aaron. Rob talking Wait, about what? his intolerance of lactose. Is way worse than any feet discussion, and when we cut Aaron off all the time for saying stuff that we think is Aaron's bizarre, porn talk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> disgusting. Rob's discussion of his intolerance of milk products does not need to be on the podcast. How did way worse than Aaron become like the worst thing you could do on this podcast? Like well, everything's fine as long That's as you. Great not. question, Aaron. We're all asking yeah. the same thing. And you guys don't realize question. it because I have to edit this out. But the stuff I hear Aaron say on the podcast, I have to edit out and make your sweet, sexy toes curl right up. I mean, it's just terrible. But I'm telling you, if, if, if you want to get lactose intolerant as you get older, a really cool job to have is a teaching middle school. That's really fun. It's like, it's like, oh, when can I go to the bathroom? Oh, how about right in the middle of this class? Definitely nobody's going to notice. It's not a big deal. Come back just all sweaty. What's, like, the what's, deal with the, what's the deal with the iced coffees, Rob? You, you don't have hot. You, you, you've said this a number of times. Oh, you I, typically I, have iced. I have an iced coffee maker. It's so good. It's smoother. It tastes better. You can drink it like all the time. You don't need to like, it, you don't need to worry about it getting too cold. It just, I love iced coffee. If I could only have one drink for the rest of my life, it might be iced coffee. Iced coffees are like a milkshake. I went on a date once, oh. so I'm not a coffee drinker. I've had less than oh. probably five cups of coffee in my life. It's just not my thing. And I went on a date once and she wanted to go to a coffee shop. And I was like, okay, I really do. I mean, I can't get drunk at this coffee shop. I don't know how I'm supposed to interact <laughs> with you and you make any sort of conversation. So so I, I agreed to go, but Try I went. To pinpoint and where things are going wrong. I've, I've, I've been on a date, I think, at a coffee shop once or twice. And I ordered a hot chocolate once. And then the other time I did an iced coffee because I was told they're good. And it was essentially a milkshake, right? It's not, it's not coffee. It's a milkshake. Did you order a Frappuccino, Russell? Yeah, I think we, you might've gotten a Frappuccino by accident. Is that possible? We, we started making iced coffee at home when our son was born three and a half years ago. And we've never stopped like, cause we were always afraid of spilling hot coffee on the baby. And now it's just like, I prefer oh iced God. coffee. Do also, you guys like, you use actual glacier ice or do you buy that ice from the store or what? <laughs> just straight from the tap. Straight from yeah. the tap oh, into the fridge and the ice, ice trays. Yeah. But here, so you I don't know what do Matt's. all this stuff where you drink tap water? I don't know what Matt's uh, sweat situation is. I think Matt is like a, a more naturally regulated person Wait, than uh, the other three of us. But uh, listen, I'm a sweaty guy, just like other oh. men on this podcast might be. And <laughs> I know hair I have, in your head. Well, there's I a title for this episode. <laughs> 
sweaty guy episode. I'm a wild and sweaty guy. I have learned that the iced coffee is always better. If you're in an airport, yes. get an iced coffee. If you're oh. going to work, get the iced coffee because otherwise I'm going to have the full on sweat from neck to waist oh. on the back of my shirt. Like I yeah, can't I've do hot coffee that. in public. I've never, I've never ever had that. So that, I mean, oh. that makes sense. If I had I that, I'd probably yeah, iced coffee is shoes. way better for me. Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sweaty guy. And you know, what's really fun being a sweaty guy. Once again, teaching middle schoolers, they definitely are chill about the teacher being super sweaty. Not a we big deal to them. They definitely every, won't make fun of you. We may need to move on. Every time we bring up something, we bring up something that's bringing back a bad first date memory for me and this sweating oh, thing. No. We got we to gotta move on, Rob. Let's, get it. Let's move over. Let's keep going. Let's keep it going. All right. So I want to talk about my small penis. Uh, no. Uh, so... <laughs> Why did Aaron laugh so hard at that? Yeah, I don't know. Sicko. That's our bleep joke of the week right there. All right. That was Rob's bleep joke of the week. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, All right. Rolling going. Aaron, rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, wow, it's hard, hard to transition, but I'm going to focus. Uh, it's going good with me. Um, like Matt, I am also uh, having trouble sticking to the list because there's so much good music out there. Uh, there's a brand new uh, Sade box set that's out, which I've not purchased on vinyl yet. But the funny thing about this box set is that they went through a, an extensive remastering process, re-released everything, all, all six of Sade's studio albums on 180 gram vinyl. But it's also available on Spotify, which on the one hand is like, well, whatever, it's just streaming music. But on the other is like, oh, this is wonderful. Like, I'll just put this on at 5 p.m. and I'm set for the night. That's my music for the night. It's six studio albums. So that's great. I've been enjoying that. Is that a problem you have, Aaron, that you're running out of music on Spotify? Like you just don't have <laughs> enough to listen to? I, I cannot imagine that's your problem at night. But the thing is, like, when there's infinite music out there, sometimes you run out of ideas for what to listen to. So this is great. Like, I don't need an idea. It's easy to run out of ideas when you don't listen to the top 500. You just you just skip them, <laughs> yeah. right? It's or easy to or run the out. podcast. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to be prepared. I've got some thoughts about this album. I promise you I'll be prepared, but I do get distracted. What, what is, Aaron, do you ever have conflicts with your wife at home listening to music? Like... Maybe listen too much Sade or something. Yeah, like like this week listening to this album, she's like, I don't want to listen to this ever again. <laughs> the other one I've been trying to get into is the the in, the hot uh, internet hip hop sensation, which is Griselda. This is a hip hop uh, collective out of Buffalo, New York, and it's uh, Benny the Butcher, Conway, and Westside Gun are the rappers. I'm losing. Yeah, we know. Track you don't have to explain Griselda to us. Please. Are, are, I is like Griselda commonly known? Like, if I were to use that as my intro on a dating app and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. have you heard the new Griselda song?" Like, would anyone know who yeah. I'm talking about? They, I bet they you did a live concert mm-hmm. at Machu Picchu. You would probably find some ladies who like to get down. Is what All I'm right. saying. Probably right. <laughs> on TikTok, huh? Is he on Rob? TikTok? Do the kids at your school listen to Griselda? It's in. They're in New York. You know. Sensation. I don't talk to them. The kids at school bully me because I'm sweaty and always going to the bathroom. <laughs> I don't have time. I should have got the iced coffee. So I that's it. That's how it's rolling going with me. When I'm not uh, doing another scan through uh, rumors this week, I've been trying to explore some other tunes. But like, so I was, Rosie, I was just going to say, I feel like the internet ses- sensation artist is where I'm finally becoming an old man. Like, I, refu- I refuse to... Get we've, we've been about 20 episodes of this, Matt. You were you were an old man long ago. <laughs> I know, but like, you know, like I don't mind like 
I love listening to Outkast, and I love listening to some Kendrick Lamar and some of the stuff that I would be outside of what I would be typically known to listen to, right? But like some of you know whether when you've got all these artists that've got a bunch of X's on them and they're known because of their MySpace pages and you know their TikTok pages and things like that, I feel like that's where I've drawn the line. Like I, don't, I I've never heard of anybody that you've said there. Right, and they're not on the radio, but they're huge because of what they've done on YouTube or TikTok or any of these kind of things. And I feel like that's where I finally jumped the shark to be in outside of kind of the what's hip now with it and wow. Yeah, I think if I don't you know enough. ever use the term hip, it means you're out of it. You, you were gone <laughs> long ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, was it hip to be square? The big song about 30, 40 years ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Huey Lewis I, in the News, who also recorded at the record plant in Sausalito, which I'm very excited to talk about. But I, I, there, there's, a, there's another band, The Tragically Hip, out of Canada, which I've come to lately. E? They're, uh, e? you know, and I, you know they're, they're called The Hip. And so yeah, I, I uh, identify with those folks, and I'm definitely not hip anymore. But. Yeah, if you, if you <laughs> use the word, you, you, if you use the word hip and the word folks, Within the last yeah. like couple sentences, <laughs> I, think, I think we've yep. established where you're at in society right now, man. Yeah. So what if I what if I say, hey, I I, I slipped in the bathroom because I'm lactose intolerant, folks, and I hurt my hip. You're saying that doesn't make me sound like a cool young guy. I don't like, by the way, that this episode is just about my lactose intolerance, Aaron. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you keep bringing it up. <laughs> Once again, I'm curious how it's rolling going with Rob. That's what I want to know. How is Rob rolling going this week? I, I will say I, uh, I am taking Muay Thai on the weekends, uh-huh. like as a, as like a exercise thing. And so I am wow. working out with a guy who is holding the bags for me and I'm under the Brooklyn bridge and I am what? right next to the, you I'm right like next. Go, wait, wait, why do you got to go this do Muay Thai amazing. under the Brooklyn bridge? You can't what? rip Aaron and then not explain why you're doing Muay Thai under the Brooklyn. So bridge. this is a guy that we've been training with for a long time, but it, it, you, you got to be outside now doing this. You can't just be inside. So he has, mm-hmm. he runs like a Saturday lesson under the bridge uh, you know, it's me and, and Flea and Anthony Kiedis and those guys. Mm. And uh, <laughs> and that's a cool hip uh, reference. Jeff Smith. And yeah. And, yeah and, and all the, hey, listen, From I know him. Richfield, Minnesota. I don't have to, I, think, I don't I have to. I think a lot of folks are going to get that reference. But basically <laughs> I was thinking about it this weekend and I was like, you know, I'm such a competitive person and powerlifting meets just aren't going on right now. And I'm not good enough at weightlifting to actually be in a meet. I'm thinking about maybe just getting into a Muay Thai fight just to get the shit beat out of me. Like, I think that'd be fun. <laughs> and the thing about Muay Thai is it's like kickboxing. Okay. So Matt, just big head shake. Okay. Not supportive, man. But. Uh, You're right. The, no, the, no. Supportive. Rob, don't do it. <laughs> is this like I mean, an underground really blood sport style? Is this like this is like a, yes. a back alley kind of Muay Thai fight? Is there headgear? The, the guy is there headgear? Uh, yeah, there would be in like these smoker fight things. But the thing is okay. about Muay Thai is that the smoker fight. I need to hear. I need to know everything about this. Is that Muay Thai is not just kickboxing because you can also throw knees and elbows, which is what I was thinking about this weekend. I was like, I kind of want to do this, and then I started working on my elbows, and I was like, I was like, I cannot get hit by can you imagine getting hit by somebody's elbow and then having them knee you i'd just be like well i'm done forever like i yeah. run it i ran into like a table the other day on my hip and it hurt <laughs> so bad for hours <laughs> if somebody intentionally need me no way forget about it. plus all the guys i'd fight would be like six foot four all these heavyweight guys they'd be giant compared to me it'd be a disaster so and what sort of venues are these fights occurring are these because i'm i'm picturing fight club i'm picturing Kumite, you know Kumite, you walk into a Kumite. bar and then you go downstairs Kumite, and then there's like Kumite. a whole 
you right? finish oh, him. Uh, I don't <laughs> get really, over here. They actually used to have what they call these smoker fights somewhere in the city where you could just go and pay a little money and watch kind of semi, mostly amateur guys fight each other. And the person, it was kind of insulting because the guy who trained us did tell my wife, like, oh, you are really good. You should come be in a smoker fight. And I was like, I, what a humble brain. I think that would be so hot watching my <laughs> wife either just kick the shit out of some other woman or get the shit kicked out of her by some other woman. Doesn't matter to me. I'm into it either way. Right. You, would, you would be an amazing oh character on like Mortal Kombat 25 anniversary or whatever they're up to right now. I think you would be yeah. an awesome an awesome Mortal Kombat character. It's me and RoboCop and Rambo. Those are all characters now in Mortal Kombat. By the way, I do want to remind you that Mor RoboCop did wrestle once in the WWE. You can look that up on YouTube. It's very... Uh... It's actually WCW, Rob, but... Oh, okay, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about my next joke. That. I wasn't really Wait, into it. Delete that. Delete that. I can't have any women ever hearing that. WCW is, WCW is number one million on the things you can write on your dating profile to get likes. I was the only thing was if I'm in a fight, I'm afraid that when somebody starts beating on me, that I'll just have a rock hard erection the whole time. So I don't know. <laughs> like that seems like it might be a problem. And Aaron's nodding knowingly, so I don't know. All right, let's get into it. We are let's over get time. To the album. We are we are talking about everything below the waist for me today, which guys, I'm come on, sickos. Rob, let's Rob's talk about rumors. In Mortal Kombat would be he would drink like a big gallon of milk and just like have a. Have a lactose intolerant moment. Finish him. That would be his fatality or whatever it's called on Mortal Kombat. It would not take a gallon of milk. It would take like one cup right now. All right. So we are talking about a rumor. Let's switch gears. I don't know how to do this. Can we play some music or whatever and do a break or something? Uh, we are talking about the 1977 album. Uh, this one, Grammy of the Year in 78. It's, it's it pretty much everyone knows it's one of the greatest albums of all time. And actually, this is now back on the- is it? Uh, Rumors by Ooh. Fleetwood Mac. It is now back in the Billboard Top 10 after that TikTok video of the guy with the skateboard. And we definitely were right on top of it and didn't miss it by about, oh, four weeks or so to where we could actually <laughs> get people to listen to this podcast. Which was pretty cool. If anybody hasn't seen the video, you should look it up because it's pretty cool. Watching that dude just skateboard I, down the road. I do have to say I am suspicious that that video came out and then he happened to be drinking something with the label facing out so you could tell exactly what he's drinking and no, the same week that podcast. Stevie Nicks was coming out with a new song and all of a sudden no, no, no. the viral he, video involves I think he fully, he fully admits he puts out all that dude he talked about it he puts out all sorts of content he's always looking to put out content and he finally hit on one and so what the hell are you guys talking about Aaron do you know what they're <laughs> talking about I I do. I've not seen the whole video, but um, isn't his name Dogface? Right, like the, the guy. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? But he's man? probably What's like a fifty. Russ, we're talking about Dogface. Yeah, but like the dude talks about, he's always trying to put out content. Just to it's a viral sensation on uh, yeah. the TikToks. That's sick. I can't imagine just working to put out content, no matter who's <laughs> listening or watching. Uh, so rumors by Fleetwood Mac is actually, I think this is really interesting. Is actually one of the top selling albums of all time. Okay, it is behind e, uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller, The Eagles' Greatest Hits, uh, Shania Twain, uh, and it is ahead of what? it is ahead of Whitney oh, Houston, ACDC, Back in Black. By the way, Whitney wow. Houston, the soundtrack to The Bodyguard, uh, Pink Floyd, and The Bee Gees, Saturday Night Fever. It is ahead of all those albums. Wow. But to really talk about this album, I just want to put it in context real quick. I think the best thing to think about with the band Fleetwood Mac, which uh, we have the the members Mick Fleetwood, Christine McVie. 
John McPhee, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. And then they brought in, they, the, the, the members are always changing, but they brought in Lindsey Buckingham on guitar. And Lindsey Buckingham came in and said, I'll be in the band in one, one condition. You've got to take on my girlfriend, Stevie Nicks. She's also a musician with me. We're, we're in love and we're going to be together forever. So they recorded their first album together named uh, Fleetwood Mac. It's actually Fleetwood Mac's 10th album. Their first one was also named Fleetwood Mac. It's very confusing. And then everyone just broke up at once before this album is basically what happened. They all broke up and basically uh, they started writing songs about how much they hated each other, which is what every song in this album is about, is how Buckingham wrote Secondhand News, Never Going Back Again and Go Your Own Way about Nick's. Generally, generally my <laughs> comments about every podcast back to Rob is how much I hate all of you guys. So I, I can see this. But just, Jimmy, just take that from the top. Secondhand News is about Stevie Nicks. That, that's, yeah, that's pretty, true. Right. That is fucking gangster. I, what about, that's what, awesome. Yeah. Here's secondhand news. This is the original. This is the original fake news. Secondhand news is the original fake news. Huh? That's awesome. Ah, that's fake news. Ah, you're secondhand news. That's awesome. What if <laughs> while you were breaking up with somebody, you were in a band with them and they wrote "Never Going Back Again"? Like I hang out with you guys like two hours a week and we talk and we've had our conflicts and whatever, but we're not like having what? sex with each other or we're not what? seeing each other in person. Can you imagine being together in person, recording this, and we're all having sex with each other? It would get so confusing. Ooh. Well, I got Russell, clearly. I'm, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> if you were trying okay. to have sex with Rob, you'd have to do it in between lattes also, and you got to okay, space that okay. out. Okay, this Correctly. is not, you don't want not to. what we're talking about. <laughs> you started it, man. I don't like this. You I would have started a podcast many years ago if this was all I needed to, to like improve my love life. I mean, <laughs> it's just as easy. So the McVees were, two, were the uh, keyboard player and the bassist. They were married to each other. But the moment they started recording this album, they were not on speaking terms. And the reason is, is that Christine McVie just happened to be uh, banging the lighting director of the band at the time. <laughs> After she, four years earlier, she had also dated the sound engineer of the band. So then, okay, now this is where it gets a little confusing. Lesson number one, hey, don't date the coworkers, right? Don't date the lighting guy. Oh, yeah. Right? Aim higher. <laughs> never, get, never get high on your own supply, right? Oh, can you imagine being the lighting guy in the band and all of a sudden you're banging one of the members of the band? You'd be like, I'm never getting fired ever. This is great. This Must is wonderful. I had a huge crank. So that. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, you got to yeah, bleep in that the, shit. In the yeah. lighting industry, that's known as a switch. Um, <laughs> so then, this is where it gets confusing, right? Is that Stevie Nicks broke up with Lindsey Buckingham, which had happened right before this album. And by the way, they all kind of lived together to record this album in a very small space. And then Stevie Nicks started dating the drummer, Mick Fleetwood. But what? when she was dating Mick Fleetwood, she was also dating Don Henley at the time, and Mick Fleetwood was married. What? what, what so then what? Mick, Fleetwood, what? Mick Fleetwood dumped his wife at the time. What? And they got divorced, and Mick Fleetwood broke up with Stevie Nicks. And then Mick Fleetwood started dating Stevie Nicks' best friend. What the and shit? And she found out from her friend's husband who said, just to let you know, my wife and your ex-boyfriend and drummer in the band. By the way, currently, they're all still in a band together. Uh, not now, but they were then. They are now living together, and she found Rob, this out Matt, three and Aaron, months. I have a I have a major announcement to make about my dating. Um, I've yep. been seeing all your wives for like the last three years. <laughs> oh, that's why she's so happy recently. <laughs> but then I don't know if I can take this, Russell. Just to no. let you know, is that they 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 she found out that her best friend was now dating Mick Fleetwood three months into an album recording session that was a total of a thirteen month recording session. 
So they had to hang out for that long where everybody's just cheating on each other and everybody's mad at each other. And all that stuff is really what, what fuels this whole album. Didn't Bob Dylan record his albums in like two nights or like a weekend or something? <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't holed up in Sausalito doing nitrous or whatever. Like he was, yeah. you know, he probably had to pay for studio time. This was like they're at the record plant in Sausalito. They probably were like sailing over to, you know, Angel Island or whatever and camping overnight and then like coming back and doing Nas. That's the difference. Sa- he was doing speed. He Sausalito got everything done real sounds fast. way more cooler than than Bermuda, Machu Picchu, or Tuscany. I'm gonna add Sausalito to the my 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 future questions. I have a lot to say about Sausalito as we get into this album. Yeah. <clears throat> what? Of course you do. <laughs> All right. It's not that far from me. Like I've been there a bunch of times. It's just like a little tourist stop off the ferry now. I didn't even know it was such a drug haven back in the day. I heard that lighting guy had a big Sausalito. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> now we can't edit now we can't edit that out. What's strange to me is I don't hear any of that. Like this sounds, I mean, it does sound like a, it sounds like an album that like a bunch of swingers would have put on at like a swingers party in the seventies. So I get it. I get, like, it seems like a wife swapping album. How to do you me. know? I'm just saying that's what it, it sounds to me. Like what a wife swapping album would sound like, but it doesn't sound angry. I don't hear anger. It just sounds like people who are like, Hey, let's uh, get together and smoke some dope and trade some stuff. Listen, any of the wife swapping things I've been to, this is a <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's just the ones I'm going to. I love when Rob wears his full-on honky talk man outfit and brings his guitar to the wife swaps. It's, Listen, it's fantastic. Any excuse to play that song clip, I will do it. I will not hesitate at all. Should we get into this album? I'm telling you, this album is so good. I thought it was so... It's like your it's, greatest hits. It really like is. And, and the great thing is, is it's like 40 minutes long. I could listen to this album like three times before work even started. I listened to it. It's only loop. 40 minutes long? I There yeah. were several times I forgot I was listening to music when listening to this album. Yeah. It was like watching it, Wesley Johnson play basketball. And the thing is, is that... What? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold I, on. Gar- I guarantee in the history of the world, Wesley Johnson... <laughs> Whatever you just said has never come up on a po- like. This is the first time he's ever come up on a podcast. Oh, that is true. That's what I was going to go. Over. Can't be the first time. He's a very talented basketball player. Oh, and he has all of the tools. Where is he? Where do you go to college? This is the Syracuse guy. He went to Iowa State first, and then Syracuse, and then he was drafted by the Timberwolves. What number four yeah, overall ahead of Clay Thompson? Guy. And he's oh. a very talented guy. He's got all of the oh. tools. I heard that lighting guy has a big Wesley Johnson. <laughs> and that's this you know, you hear the running like, bit of the week. Oh, yeah. This album ends up on like, uh, you know, top 50 lists of like top albums for audiophiles a lot because people really respect the sound of the album. And I, I think I do too. I don't know that I have a good enough. Yeah. I just listen to it on my phone. Who cares? Sound system to hear it. Right. I mean, but I don't, I don't know if I, you know, get that. But there well are times when I'm listening where player. I like my mind goes elsewhere and I forget that I'm listening to music. But we'll, you know, talk about that as it goes. But I think they were using the best tools available. And then sometimes it just kind of like you're wanders. you're listening to music. What are you listening to? What, what are you, what do you, how do you forget that you're listening to music? Like, do you just yeah. go, whatever else is going on in my head? I'm thinking about the rest of the world, you know? Who's in my house? Who are these people? Oh, that's right. It's a band I'm listening to. <laughs> they left those pumpkin spice lattes. They get to you. <laughs> that's like me. You forget you're listening to music. I forget that milk gives me oh, unbelievable no. bowel <laughs> problems. It's the same thing. It's not a big deal. Robin is calling I think there are, I mean, I, do, I liked this album more than I expected. I think there's great tunes on here, but definitely there are times where I'm just like, you guys lost me. Oh. But let's get into All it. Right. 
This no. is Let's a phenomenal into... starting starting song. Let's get to secondhand news, Ryan. Bangs right away. Go ahead. All right. So let's get into the first album. I got oh, all right. I love it. Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> out all right. I'm only going to play that two more times today. It, and, and it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's just do on I, the board. Do I need to take me, that picture of me That's with the honky-tonk man too. suit on yeah. off oh. my Bumble profile no, or not? That should be front and center. Honky Tonk Man is number four on the list, actually, after Machu Picchu. And you, and you started that from 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 jump, right? I mean, that was the start of the song. That just kicks yeah. off right away. That's awesome. Not going to lie. Russell told me four seconds in, so blame Russell. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to hear it from the beginning. <laughs> no, that's, but I, but I think that's the interesting, interesting thing about it is that from the beginning, yeah. they kind of let it, you know, surprise you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's secondhand news. That's a song written by Lindsey Buckingham, again, about Stevie Nicks, right when they broke up. Fake news. And then she has to also sing on the song. And she said a lot of these times, like, yeah, I have to sing these songs over and over. And he's basically saying, like, you're talking up, you're shacking up with anyone. She goes, he knew that wasn't true. It was just a nasty thing to say. And I had to sing it over and over and over. Could you imagine, like, your whole life, you go on these concerts and you have to perform these songs where you're singing about the person who is standing 10 feet from you. I couldn't imagine working with somebody and like trying to create art with somebody and then just constantly like saying bad things about them and making fun of them. It's disgusting. Yeah, uh, uh, Matt and Aaron and I do it pretty well on our separate text chain about you, Rob. It's, it's not that bad. Oh, no. It, it goes it over right. pretty easily, actually. The second text right. chain turns into a second podcast. Nobody knows how to edit it. Uh, hey, all right. Do not, <laughs> that Matt Aaron, true. do not bring up that second podcast. Do not bring that up right now. Rosie, do not tell Rob your skills. Wesley, oh, Wesley better did it better. Oh, yeah. Wesley Johnson did it better. Uh, the opening line to that song is, I know that there's nothing to say. Someone has taken my place. I mean, it's just, it, and it sums up this album perfectly, what it's about, what the thing is. And then uh, it's also, they did this thing with the voices during the guitar solo where they're like, bump, 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 bump. And it's it's where they're using their voice as a bass line. And you'll hear that over and over where they're using kind of different instruments to to make different sounds on the album. I just think Why it's so it's good. Be, yeah, that's awesome. Dreams, number two, uh, written by Stevie Nicks, sung by Stevie Nicks. Maybe the most popular song, right, out of the whole album? This did make it to number one on the Billboard. It made it to number one on the Billboard hits. This is their highest charting single that they've ever had. Obviously, it got to number one. But... This was only this was the second single they released off this album. This was not the first single. So this is another time where they made a bit of a mistake. Never go out with the best. And it hit number one again. Guess what year? 2020. Probably one of the most fun years we've had lately. This is this song hit number one again after that TikTok video. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about TikTok and us not being cool and knowing the music on TikTok. Guess what? We are cool. We don't know the music on TikTok. This got back to number one, and we're doing a freaking podcast about it. Hoo, 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 hoo. Okay, and then when I did the hoo, hoo, hoo with my arms, did that you, made me not cool pop, once again. Popping a wheelie in the zeitgeist. We, we do have to say, by did the way. Did you just do the Arsenio Hall thing from, like, 1992? Ooh, ooh, ooh. And by the way, if you do that, middle schoolers will make fun of you. because they I did no not idea listen to this album on, on TikTok, but I did listen to it on vinyl. Yes. My mom also ooh. had rumors by Fleetwood back on vinyl. So I was hoping While it may have been through. popular now, it was also popular 50 years ago whenever my and mom like bought I said, this record. This, is, this comes up as, like, this is a great test of your sound system. Like, if you're a sound nerd, like, this is the album to put on. I don't totally get it, but that's what I read on the internet. Look at the cover of that album, Russell. There's a man and a woman. Do you think it's weird 
that the guy looks like he has two big balls hanging down. That's the only thing I could see when I see the cover. Show that cover to the zoom. Yeah, look at this Wesley Johnson hanging down there. There are definitely two balls hanging right down from his Wesley and his Johnson. Yeah. In, In the business, we call that a Fleetwood. <laughs> All right. This is Never Going Back Again, written by Lindsey Buckingham, sung by Bucking- Lindsey Buckingham. And if you notice, there's this very bright sound, right? That is because he, again, this is a post-breakup song, but he wrote, they restrung his guitar every 20 minutes when they were recording the song. Mm-hmm. So listen to it. Are you listening to it? I'm listening. So that's it's from some movie, and I can't remember which movie it's from. I think this album is sequenced really well and I think it's a bold move to put this number three because it's not an anthem, it's not a it's not a loud in your face track, but I think it's musically one of the most interesting and it's cool that they put it between dreams and don't stop. So I think it's a you know, this is a to me, I don't love this album. We'll talk about that later, but I think it's impeccably sequenced. You dumb shit. I'll tell you, you're right though, that uh by the way, that's those are two great sentences to put next to each other. <laughs> hey, by the way, impeccably, I'm going to have to add that to my profile. Yeah, <laughs> That sound guy's got a big impeccably. Uh, so here's the thing is that, uh, fuck. Oh, yeah, the, this is a perfectly put together album. I, I think front to back, like the, the beginning is a banger. The, si- the first song on side two is a banger. It ends with a banger. It's got the bangers in all the right spots where yeah. you possibly want it. You start off strong and you kind of come down. And then you kick back up again. Yeah, no, it's great. I think it's got great flow. Yeah, I love it. All right, next up. Uh, hey, guys, green light. Don't stop. This is the first song on here written by Christine McVie. This was the third single, and it got all the way to number three on the charts. And this is about her divorce from the bass player in the band. Think about that. Before we get into the song, like, why does Christine McVie never get, like, the credit, like, I feel like people only know Fleetwood Mac for Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. Why, like, she sang or put together a lot of these songs, right? Her name's not Fleetwood. Yeah, her name's not Mac, and she's not Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Aaron, what's your impression of that song? My thing about Don't Stop is it's the reason that I've never liked Fleetwood Mac, and Ooh. I don't want to get political whoa, whoa. on the podcast. Political. Because I think it's a good song. I think, uh, I don't understand it. It it seems like a good song. I think the vocals are great. One of the things I think about this album is that I don't think that the the drums and the vocals ever hit the highs at the same time. So I think the vocals on Don't Stop are great. And I think uh, Fleetwood was just completely mailing in the drums on this one. Can you explain that just a little bit? I don't, I don't get, I mean, I kind of get what you're saying, but what does that mean? They don't hit the highs at the same time. I think that, uh, I think that, Fleetwood's best um, drumming appears on other tunes. Like I think he's really good on "Go Your Own Way," uh, a couple of other of other tracks, and I think his drum work on uh, "Don't Stop" is just like super boring. And the vocals on "Don't Stop" are rad. But um, for me, I just associate "Don't Stop" with uh, the Clinton campaign, and I don't want to like give away my political leanings. But I was the kind of guy who was like really into defending Bill Clinton back in the day. And now I realize like that. What a cool thing to do. That's not a good look. Like he's an actual crappy person. What you're referring to Aaron is, is in 1992, Bill Clinton used Fleetwood Mac in this song. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow as his kind of campaign song is what you're saying, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so for me, that's what I associate it with, you know, mentally, emotionally, right? 
And and one thing that was interesting is he started using the song and Chrissy McVie actually said, hey, enough. I wrote this song. You cannot use it. Well, and so eventually, though, they re-recorded this song when Clinton was elected. And so they re-recorded it just for his election. But it made me think, I wonder what the best presidential campaign songs ever are. So I'm going to give you guys a list and see what you think. I'm curious. To, yeah, I'm definitely curious about this. It's, it's, it's time. Five, four, three, two, one. For another better countdown. Oh, yeah. What I wanted to do is, given that this podcast is coming out on election day, I thought it would be appropriate for us to talk about the greatest election campaign songs ever. Wow, it's our election day pod. This is great. I think one of my favorite was the other song Bill Clinton used. I got long sideburns in my house. I don't know if he can play that on a saxophone or not. One more time. <laughs> okay, Russell, be funny, please. So it's interesting. So I'm actually, a, I'm really a big, uh, I love going back and reading about presidents. That's one of my big hobbies is reading like a biography on every president. So it's interesting that William Harrison actually inspired the most well-known political campaign song ever. This was in 1840. And this was before there were like parades and campaign songs and all this thing. And he started having these songs and they would play this song Tippecanoe and Tyler too during his campaign. The great and motion, 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 all the this was actually a song about this great battle he had won at Tippecanoe, and, and then Tyler too was referencing his his running mate John Tyler, who eventually became president. And so the interesting thing about Harrison is he actually walked through terrible weather to his inauguration. And either caught typhoid fever or pneumonia and ended up dying 31 days into his presidency. So John Tyler became president 31 days in. He is the shortest serving president of all time. But one of the most famous songs ever about presidential campaigns is Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. That so did you read that autobiography like in a night? Is it like five pages long? It's just like, yeah, he died. Like, that's <laughs> and 31 One days. Page per day. <laughs> that would be a real bummer, wouldn't you? Where you're like, I'm president. Yeah, I'm dead. Now, oh, well, it's a bummer. <laughs> so on my other podcast I do called They Might Be Giants Did It Better, we find songs that They Might Be Giants also covered. And believe it or not, a song from 1840 is also a song that They Might Be Giants covered. It. See if you think They Might Be Giants Did It Better. What up, man? A soccer match? Everybody now. I like it. It's kind of some Nine Inch Nails kind of production there with like the synths and the dark, you know, minor keys. Yeah, they might be giants that are the best. Go ahead. So anyways, presidential campaign songs became a big thing further and further on. But if you jump about 100 years further, we got to go to JFK. 1940. Huh? 1940 would be 100 years later. I did the math in my head. We'll go no 120 deal. years later. In 1960, <laughs> when JFK was running, and this is really interesting, actually, because he actually had his campaign song was done by Frank Sinatra. And I believe that Frank Sinatra and JFK probably had the same kind of interests in life, if you will. So check out this song that Frank, check out this song that Frank Sinatra redid, which was essentially the campaign song for JFK in 1960. Black. Everyone wants to back Jack. Jack is on the right track because he's got 
High hopes. Oh, this is fantastic. High hopes. Russell, I was going to say they probably had the same bosses, but uh, you said some interests. So I think we know what we're talking about here. <laughs> what, what, one of them, of them the died of old age. Theories. One of them died of something else, you know? Yeah. Bill Clinton, when we talk about him using this Fleetwood Mac song, it was kind of a very popular, it was not as popular at the time, but it, he made it popular again. But I wanted to take you through the three people that he ran against when he ran for reelection and tell you what they were using as campaign songs. So the first one was George H.W. Bush, and here's what he was using for his campaign song, and I bet you can see why Bill Clinton maybe won the election. Woody Guthrie, This Is Your Land. This is, I mean, <laughs> Russell, you can't play this and ask me not to get political. Don't worry. A member of the Bush family was using This Land Is Your Land? Yes. Like, irony doesn't even begin to touch what we're talking about here. The point is, though, a lot of people would say if, they're if, patriots. I don't know. Without getting into politics, I think you could say, like, this song is so square compared to this Fleetwood Mac song, correct? I, I'll agree for the sake of the list. This song is one of the great songs I think ever written about equality and belonging in America. Yeah, listen, so when Clint, he's talking about this land is your land, he's talking about the oil underneath Kuwait. And he's like, this <laughs> land is actually my land. So, sorry so, about that. So, Clinton defeats Bush, but also, do you know who else he defeated in that year? 92. Let me finish. Let me Ross finish. Perot? H. Ross Perot was a third-party candidate, and he was one of the first third-party candidates to be on the ballot in all 50 states in 92. And Perot had this really crazy campaign where he would buy these infomercials and essentially do these weird commercials about the economy. But at one of his campaign rallies, he essentially said, hey, this campaign's kind of crazy, and I'm going to introduce you my new campaign song, It's Crazy by Patsy Cline. Why, why would this be a campaign song? This Now, this would make a good soccer song. I just don't know about a campaign song. I mean, listen to this. <laughs> I would sing this as a soccer song. I agree with you, Rob. I mean, it fits in with everything else the MLS is doing. So. Also, wasn't this written by Willie Nelson? He, it was redone by Willie Nelson, but he paid the he had the Patsy Cline version played, and he said that at one point there are millions of crazy people in the country, and I'll say tomorrow it's going to be crazy at the polls. And it was not crazy in H. Ross Perot's favor. I, I can't believe that a president playing saying, oh, here's my theme song, and it's crazy, and people are like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to vote for this person. That does not seem good. Well, there's only one more on the list, and so we got to workshopped it. We got to <laughs> jump forward four years because he had beaten Bush, he had beaten Perot, and he was running for re-election at the time. Do you guys remember who he was running against? Bob Dole. Bob Dole. So Bob Dole America. actually co-opted a song by Sam and Dave called Soul Man. If you guys remember this, and, Whoa, and they changed what? the lyrics from Soul Man to Dole Man, which no. feels bizarre. Oh, man. How much did anyway, they have to pay to do that? Yeah, and did Sam and Dave give their blessing? So at the time, Sam. Sam Moore was a member of the rock duo Sam and Dave, and he adapted this song. And I actually could not find the the old, the new version of the song with the Bob Dole because it's been erased from the internet because they got sued for it. But the song was originally <laughs> written by David Porter and Isaac Hayes, which I thought yes, was super right. interesting. Yeah, and it made it to right. number two on the Billboard Top 100 for three weeks in 1967. Yeah. So Your eventually this records, guy right? comes, the, one of the singers changes the lyrics, and then he gets sued for it, of course. 
but because he didn't own the rights for it, the record company owned the rights for it. But eventually they stopped playing it. But the coolest thing about it is an article at the time said connecting Bob Dole to soul man is like connecting the mass murderer, Jeffrey Dahmer to the song feelings. <laughs> I've always oh. been jealous of that band name, just Sam and Dave. Can you imagine being in the room when they pick that name? Just like, Hey, what should we call ourselves? Sam? I don't know, Dave. What did you call your famous uh, radio show in college? Oh, the Sam and Dave show, of course. <laughs> oh, that's totally different. Bob Dole does this and Bob Dole does that. It's not something Bob Dole does. It's not something Bob Dole is ever going to do. It's not something Bob Dole will ever do. <laughs> and by the way, I just edited out another five minutes of Russell's Bob Dole impression. So that yeah. went on for quite some time. It was very good. It went on for a long time. You can find that on the best of. <laughs> uh, all right. You can go your own way. You can go your own way. Fifth song in the album, written and sung by Lindsey Buckingham. Rosie, this was the first. Not getting political there. Yep. Hey, Congrats. thanks. I did my best. I did my best. <laughs> this is the first single off the album. Okay, and again, I mean, think about you have to sing a song with your band that you just broke up with this guy, and the lyrics are, loving you isn't the right thing to do. Oh, But this, I think, is what you're talking about, Rosie, what? with the drums, right? The drums here yeah, were inspired like- by the Rolling Stones street, street Fighting Man. Yeah, I like his work here a lot better than on uh, Don't Stop. It's much more interesting. You're totally right. Can I, can I ask a question? No. I mean, this kind of comes back to... Who did we have uh, the number three album, Blue? Joni yeah. Mitchell. Joni Mitchell, right? Like she's got to sing about her giving up uh, her child. Feelings, you know? feelings, feelings, man. They're called feelings. I know, but <laughs> like this one still. Like, how much money is Stevie Nicks getting paid here and all these people getting paid to continually sing this stuff? When do you just give them the big middle finger said, screw you guys, I'm gone? Like, I would argue that this the, is all she got paid is for singing these songs. Like this, yeah. That's, that's why they're so good is that they're about I know, real but stuff. like they're phenomenal songs. But like, you know, we, we keep talking about like, oh, you got to keep talking about this. But like, I mean, it made, it made their it made their life, right? I mean, it made Fleetwood Mac. It made Stevie Nicks went on to a phenomenal solo career and all this stuff. And I mean, it's not that bad, right? I mean, yeah, but if you don't sing about stuff like this, you get songs like "I Want Candy." I mean, you're going to get right. like you're just going to get nothing songs. I, I mean, I get now. I couldn't possibly imagine going into some art form and talking about something personal like, no, oh, I don't know, lactose intolerant or penis size or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, yeah. I think that I think that if you're truly a brave artist, it's probably what you do Rob because is you brand know that's what you're going to be brand. famous for. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or totally. maybe you get yourself locked into a certain lifestyle. You know, you bought a Cadillac, you bought a couple houses. All of a sudden, you, a, you're, yeah. you're out there. Yeah, you're out there on tour. You got to sing about right. You got to just keep your personal life out there because you leverage yourself to a point where you got to do it. Like who knows, right? You know what? You guys are right. I am going to keep drinking milk. All right, (laughs) Songbird. All right. Now this song is very boring to me, but I will say it's one of the few songs they recorded in an auditorium and they set up fifteen microphones around the auditorium to get the sound. Which I think what Rosie's talking about. Yeah, were these guys all taking nitrous and standing on waterbed floors? From the article that Aaron sent us, yes. <laughs> Were they engineering geniuses? Also, yes. Agree. I have some thoughts about this song, and I know I did not know until we started listening to this album that this was a Fleetwood Mac song, uh, because I know it from two other occasions, and I think we all understand that when a song is reworked, pick a cover. 
Yeah, when a song is uh, reworked by someone, it can either be better than the original or maybe the same as the original or far worse than the original. And I know of two other versions of this song. That's so brave for you to say that, Aaron. One of which (laughs) is is the Ava Cassidy version, which I think is far better David Cassidy? The guy. Oh, I David love Cassidy. David Cassidy from the Partridge Family. Cassidy. My God. Yeah. I David can't wait. I think, he was awesome in Germany, I heard. <laughs> like, he crushed him in Germany. The Ava Cassidy version oh, free, far outpasses. I appreciate you bringing up Yasmin Bleeth on this podcast. Fleet would she was smoking hot. <laughs> Can you imagine the rest of Aaron's life where he's just like, okay, time to go do the podcast. This is the most enjoyable thing I'm going to go do now is where I do some research. I do. I find out some cool stuff. I have a lot of knowledge, and I'm going to let three fucking morons interrupt me while I'm actually doing my one thing I want to talk about in this episode. Talk about Baywatch. It's great. <laughs> oh, free. So I think Ava Cassidy go. is a great voice. I think we should hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear her because I think her All version right. is far better Eva than Ava Cassidy. I think she really rips it. When is when is this from? This is way better than that song. When is this like eighties, nineties, two thousand? When is this? Nineties, I think. I would say nineties. Okay. Guys, I just looked at the date. It's from two thousand twenty-two. It's from the future. This is a Terminator situation. Generally, what I rock out to at soccer games, this this is about it. <laughs> She's, uh, I think, Ava one of the Cassidy great voices. did it way better. Yeah. yeah. So I gotta say, but I have to be honest. I have to say, who did it way worse? And that was me. No. At our buddy's wedding, no. we know him. We know him by his. You uh, sing this song at our friend's wedding. We know. Yes, we know him by his wow. sleeveless t-shirts and big muscles. And I have to be honest. He said to me. Rosie, I don't care what you sing at my wedding. I just want you to sing a song that you can dominate. And I would 100% did not dominate this song <laughs> at <laughs> Manuel's wedding. And I need to issue a Beck did it better apology for my performance all those years ago. Oh, this is and great. now an apology from Beck did it better. This is the greatest woman on the podcast right here. This is great. We're peaking. We're peaking, guys. Beck does it better podcast. I did this one oh, with yeah. uh, a, another friend of ours on guitar, and it was not good. So that's the three versions of Songbird. It was—I I don't know—I don't know how it came to be, but I didn't—I didn't do well with it at all. Fortunately, this there's is, no. This art, is why I've never gotten married. I don't need Aaron showing up at my wedding because he's the only person right. I know with any musical talent, and he shows up and like a week <laughs> later, he's like, "Yeah, Songbird by the by." By Fleetwood Mac, I was terrible at that. I apologize. <laughs> By the way, Russell, you, when you do get married, we are actually going to show up and do at your ceremony a live episode, and I think we're all really excited about that. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be very exciting. That's Free be very spice exciting. lattes, uh, pumpkin spice lattes for everyone. Hey, what is this? An altar? How about altered balls? Ooh. Okay, and I, I'll work at it. Okay, I'll, altered balls. I think that's actually pretty good. But actually, you know, Aaron actually did sing at my wedding. And I did. He, he did a great job, and I wanted to play a clip of that real quick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's really good. Uh, but for real, Aaron did sing at her wedding, and Jenny thought he did a bad job. So I don't, I, I don't think that's nice of her to say. I, you know, I... He wasn't here to defend himself when she went off about it for five minutes. Today. Aaron, do you get paid when you sing at weddings, or how does that work? I think that yeah, I typically did. I mean, it's been it's been about uh, ten or twelve years now since I sang at anyone who was not a family member's wedding. wedding. My favorite part of my wedding was where Aaron was right next to me in the limousine in a comfy seat with lots of space, (laughs) and now we had all these drinks, and we just had so much fun. (laughs) 
All right. So that is the end of song. Uh, that is the end of side one. And now we're on side two and we've got The Chain. This was a song. This is the second part of the song. That was actually oh, yeah. a bunch of old recordings. Some of them were actually recordings from solo work, and they just spliced all of it together. That's why this is the only song on the album where every member of the band is credited with writing it. This song bangs, by the way. This is the it is what I listen to sometimes before a powerlifting meet to get fired up. Is this one? When I was in high school playing football, you know what song I used to listen to to really get fired up? Come on, Eileen. I was like, Ooh. oh my god, that <laughs> song just fires me up like crazy. Uh, that's, that's a good tune. Yeah, but it doesn't get somebody chain, fired up. Like, I think The Chain is the best Garth Brooks song that Garth Brooks never wrote. If he never recorded The Chain, I think he missed an opportunity. Garth, if you're out there, there's a lot of money in it. You should record The Chain, Garth. This is the dumbest take I've ever heard. Let's just picture Garth Brooks singing this song. I think that would completely kick ass. Like, how, that? <laughs> how is that a dumb probably take? make a better soccer arena song than this, but yeah. <laughs> Because his whole head would fit on that jumbotron at the soccer arena, <laughs> wouldn't it, Rob? Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and he's got this shirt that looks like a soccer ball where it's black and white in the different squares. I think that's a brilliant. Oh, my God, I'm so smart for making that joke. How come you guys didn't <laughs> laugh at that joke? Are you guys on mute? That's a great joke. His shirt looks like a soccer ball. Uh, all right. Next song, You Make Love and Fun, written by Christine McVie. Now, this song, so, so her last song that she wrote about her husband at the time was called... Don't stop thinking about tomorrow, right? This song, she told the band it was written about her dog and then later admitted it was written about the lighting guy with the big switch. <laughs> <laughs> you Make Love and Fun is written about the guy working in the studio with her. I guess lighting? Is there a lighting guy in the studio? I don't know. I think this is my favorite song on the album. It's so good. This is the one I sing the most. Prove it. Yep, we're, we're, we're listening. Around. Like fucking you better than fucking my husband. <laughs> Two on the nose. It's a banger, though. Oh, and listen to that bass line. That would be so depressing if you're like, oh, this bass line rules. I can't wait to listen to it for the rest of my life and never have any negative thoughts associated with this song. <laughs> All right. I Don't Want to Know by Stevie Nicks. I think this song bangs. I know this, like, this, like to me, this is probably me being the guy who's into commercial hits. I just love this song. But the really cool thing, I watched this documentary about this album, and supposedly they were going to use a different song that was too long. And so they told they told Stevie Nicks, "Hey, we're going to cut this song," and she essentially gave them this song that she had previously recorded with. Um, uh, what's the name? Buckingham. Yeah. So the song they cut was Silver Springs. And can you imagine if Silver Springs were on this album too? Even Aaron couldn't deny the number one spot if Silver Springs was on this album. Yeah, I think Silver Springs this, is, a, is a dope song. This, I agree yeah, with that. This is my favorite Fleetwood Mac song. This one's yeah, great. I think it's a dope song. So this song was I don't supposed think to be on the album, but it was before. too long. Oh, you had to. But this is another one of those fucked up things about So this song is on a lot of the streaming albums because it's like every streaming service has your well, they deluxe put it edition where they put this what, back on. Because yeah. of what Russell's saying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is a good song. Why couldn't they fit another song on? The album's only 40 minutes. You will be 
myself. Oh, my God. I just you forgot for a song. second I was listening to music. I, so I think things like I don't want to know, like things like I don't want to know remind me that I think that Fleetwood Mac's influence on country music, especially in the 80s, was huge. Like I think pop country music took so much from this album. Things like I don't want to know remind me so much of like I, today I was listening to um, I Love a Rainy Night. Uh which sounds to me so much like a Fleetwood Mac vibe. I listened to some Roseanne Cash stuff. Like it really sent me down like an '80s pop country rabbit hole. Listening to this album. That's it. That's all. That's that's the joke. Go ahead and play it. Go ahead and play it. <laughs> I just think. I mean. <laughs> so this is a song where she brought it in, and once again, so this is the Christine McVie again, and she says, "Listen, this is a song about Mick Fleetwood. He's got two kids. He's a daddy." And it's definitely not about the lighting director who I'm turning that switch on and on. Oh, and I played the wrong song after that great oh, introduction. No. Shit. Ah, perfect intro. You me with your oh, daddy. Oh, I don't daddy. Know. There's one of two slow spots in this whole album. This one's a dud. Do you think this yeah, is the low point of the sure album, Matt? Yeah. Uh, this or whatever that one uh, side number song six, side one uh, the last song. There's two but there's there's two just I don't even call them duds because they're still okay songs compared, yeah. but comparatively there's nine out of eleven of the songs that are just phenomenal. And the album closes out with Gold Dust Woman. Uh, so this, they were recording this late at night. They finally got this take at four a.m. when she took a black silk scarf, wrapped it all the way around her head, including her face, and she really got into her emotions. And she later said that this was all about cocaine. What did she make you cry? So good. It's so funny to me because all my associations with cocaine music are like early 2000s rap, like the Clips and, you know, all those kinds of groups. And, you know, Jay Z. We cannot encourage Rob to sniff, snort anything other than the snorting salts (laughs) like he was doing a few weeks ago. This sounds like a weed album to me, but it turns out they were doing coke the whole time. And, like, all my thoughts about coke music are like, you know, 90s, 2000s rap. Did, did you guys know that there is actually a tribute album to Fleetwood Mac where Karen Elson covered this song, Gold Dust Woman, and she covered it with Beck. And so I want you no. guys to hear this song that where Beck is playing the slide guitar. I don't even know what the hell that is. But what? Beck is playing is the slide word? guitar. Oh, we're going to get to it. So, Rob, if you can jump. Yeah. Rob, if you want to jump to this song, let's let Matt and Aaron listen to this cover and see who does it better. It's when you're on a playground and you go down that thing and you're playing guitar at the same time. It's a slide guitar. <laughs> It's different than a swing guitar. <laughs> well, you make a monkey bar guitar. Okay, well, I'll point out the slide guitar here for you, Russell. No, Rob, we will jump ahead to the guitar solo at the end, which I think Beck might do it better. Oh, there, there it is. is, right there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I like that. So this is the guitar solo at the end. Let me see what you guys think. Whee! I'm going down the slide. Go back up. Whee! You know what would be tough is a water slide guitar. Huh? I'm shredding on that thing, man. Am I so muted? who do you guys think does it better, Fleetwood Mac <laughs> or Beck, when it comes to gold dust work? I got to say... <laughs> Beck did it better. Oh, Beck did yeah. it better. For, I would say for a slide guitar solo on Gold Dust Woman, it's got to be Beck. 
So that is it. it for rumors. It you know, I'll tell you what. It was a short album, and I I enjoyed listening to this album over and over. I would play it on repeat, and I never know where it started or ended. And I just enjoyed the hell out of it. And then when you look at how the album's actually actually constructed, I enjoyed it even more. I loved it. So let's go and give our final rating. Uh, let's go down the list. Matt, what do you think? What do you rate rumors? I think when I think of top ten albums of all times, I think this is. Uh, quintessential uh, addition to the list. This is song after song after song is phenomenal. And every uh, which way they turned from slow to fast to kind of poppy to uh, mysterious, it's phenomenal. So I think this is absolutely uh, rolling boned. It should be a little, I mean, compared to the stuff we've heard, this, this is better than a lot of the albums we've heard. It may be a, you know, for my uh, what would you rank it ahead of Matt? Uh, I certainly would put it ahead of uh, Blue by Joni Mitchell. Um, you know, and again, it's probably my naivete coming out on on Joni Mitchell's, and I fully admit that. But you know, I think just from a from a standpoint of you know, you've got number one hits, you've got number two hits, you've got up and down the dial. They could play these al- these songs uh, from this album. It's a phenomenal album. It definitely got rolling boned in my in my uh, estimation. You know who agreed with you was the lighting director. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Matt, I noticed you used a lot of big words there. That was Matt's smart comment of the week. Ooh, that's some smart shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. love that there's some kind of sitar on there. That's the best. That's the best thing. So good. That's probably the best music we've heard today. Uh, <laughs> Russell. <laughs> roll and go. No, not roll and go. <laughs> In 2020, four friends. <laughs> that sounds good when you do it. Russell, final rating. What do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? Now, just to remind you, rolling well-toned, it should be right at where it is at number seven on the list. Uh, rolling boned is it's too low. It should be higher, which in this case is a lower number. Or rolling grown, it's too high on the list. It should be lower. I'm a simpleton. I love commercial hits. <laughs> this is commercial hits written all over it. So I'm going to say it's rolling well-toned. It has to be in the top ten. I don't know what number this is, seven, eight, whatever. It has to be in the top ten. There's too many commercial hits. Rolling seven. well-toned. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I, we cannot lose track of what album we're doing. We're only seven in. <laughs> Somehow we've done, it feels like a million episodes, and we're seven in. I don't understand. Aaron, what's your rating on this? I will say that I expected to, this, this is the first time in my life I've listened to this album start to finish. I fully expected to hate it. I tried to hate it. I tried to find things that were wrong with it, and I really like it. But I will say, in the context of this list, I do not understand how you could put this ahead of every Springsteen album ever, every Dylan album ever, Johnny Cash Live from Folsom Prison, every Prince album ever, It Takes a Nation Millions, millions to Hold Us Back, Wu-Tang 36 music Chambers, from the 90s. Everything. Just like how this could be above all of these albums. It's crazy to me that you would put this... So I respect the album. I think I, I enjoyed it more than I than I thought. But in terms of making lists, like it's it makes no sense to me that this would be ahead of all of these other incredible albums and artists that have have happened in American history. Matt, you got something to say? You uh, did, to no, say excuse me, excuse me. He did not give a rating. Okay, uh, and that is well, Matt. Matt, maybe maybe Matt's going to change my mind. I got to hear what Matt has no, to say. No, 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 no. I was going to slightly agree with you. 
Well, give your rating first, so Rob. Can- you guys don't use this fucking rating system I came up with. I <laughs> my rating is sorry. My rating is Rolling Grown because I just feel like there are so many monumental albums that we haven't even gotten to yet, and artists we haven't gotten to yet. But I, but I like the album. But I got to say, Rolling Grown. Aaron hates. It, Aaron hates the radio. He hates the radio. Is. Radio <laughs> hits all over this shit. <laughs> it should be. It should be brought up. And I thought it was. I, I mean, you know, usually like bands like first or second album, like you know when they come out, they've got all the stuff that they've been working on for, since they were kids. You know, that's usually their number one. This is their eleventh album. It's also their only album on the whole list. They've got it does sound how like many it, albums? You know, it's their only album. It's number seven, but they have z- nothing else, and that's uh, pretty strange for a top ten album artist to only have one album on the whole list. It's the perfect, and moment. it does sound like a band that like plays together and is a tight band. I will like that's for sure. But yeah, for me, Rolling Grown because there's just too much other stuff I would have put ahead. All right, so I did spend the whole time you were doing that trying to think of a joke involving the lighting director that would rhyme with own, and I could not do it. So I apologize to everyone out there. I may edit in a joke here. Rolling light blown. Rolling shown. Damn it. Rolling. So I'm going to say that this album. Rolling the light shown down on this album. Rolling gold dust woman. Wasn't that tough, Rob? So I can see see why I do this part. You guys stick with my rating system. Uh, This album gets a... This album gets a rolling ten shown, guys. There's a lot of tension when they made this album. That way. They're all breaking <laughs> nice, up, and, I like it. Very and it's good. what fueled hey, this yes, album. It's, it's why it makes it so great. It you know, no matter what Matt says, uh, no matter what I'm sorry, no matter what Russell says, sometimes you need to have some pain to make some art, and that's why I'm going to drink this giant <laughs> glass of milk right now. And we're going to do another episode. Arr, it's going to be great. That's it for, for the art. Beck for did it better, art. and rumors. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time But you're just too lazy to look it up Rob online. skipped our moment of announcing the next album if you this week. I don't know why he did that. And then they get oh, it is. What is the next it's album? It's Purple Rain, isn't it? Purple Rain, Purple Rain Beck did it better. And just to let everybody know from this album this week that was a lot about sex, we're going to go to a totally sex-free album next week. Prince <laughs> Purple Rain. It's all about it's all about God. It's a, it's a religious album. Yeah, that's true actually. Okay, so now we have to put in a joke. Pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> I'm going to go microwave a pumpkin spice latte right now. I'm telling you, Russell, you're missing out on pumpkin spice lattes. Take the foil off. Think of how good they are if it gives me mind-bending diarrhea and I still have them all the time.